Welcome back. Good to have you. This portion of the program brought to you by good friends over there at Quick Trip. Do not forget, if you're going to head over to Grandma's house, this is the way you do it. Stop over to Quick Trip. Get yourself some gas. When you get there, you type in your quick rewards number. Got to have one of those. Got to. Type it in. You are automatically registered for the opening drive contest with the Green Bay Packers. When you hear your name called, when Wayne and Larry call your name and say, hey, you know, Ben Kenny is our opening drive contest winner. And then for every yard garnered in the opening drive, you will receive 10 bucks uh, via gas card. And then if they score, you can get up to 500 bucks. So not a bad way to go from our friends over there at Quick Trip, a proud partner and sponsor of Green Bay Packer football. Good, good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Our buddy, P- our buddy Peter Bukowski uh, from the Locked on Packers podcast at Peter underscore Bukowski joining us on the hotline. Pete, how you been, buddy? I, I'm good. Um, I, I'm, I am ready to eat my face off this week, Bill. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know what? I, uh, I am looking forward to tomorrow in many different facets. We actually have good games tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Not only do you wake up, you got the parade, but then you've got the Bills and the Lions. The Bills playing pretty good football, obviously, and the Lions now on a bit of a win streak and looking relevant again. The Giants and the Cowboys battling for the top spot with the Eagles over in the East. And then the Patriots at 6-4 and four taking on the Vikings and on the Vikings paper champions right now to the NFC North. we got good games. I'm excited, but... Aaron Rodgers doesn't know what the end of the year is going to hold. Uh, were you a little disconcerted yesterday when he said on Pat McAfee he doesn't know what his future holds? I mean, what else is he going to say? He's been saying this for two years now. I mean, I would have been more surprised, honestly, Bill, if he have said, yeah, I'm coming back. No question about it. We're doing this again. We're running it back. Like, that would have been more surprising to me. Now, all of that said, he, he is either uh, going to play for the Packers, I, I still think, play for the Packers or play somewhere else. He has almost 60 million fully guaranteed on his contract next season. He gives mm-hmm. that up if he retires. It is hard for me to believe, even with as much money as Aaron Rodgers has made, that he would give that up. And and that is before even counting what what money he may have lost in crypto because remember he's been taking some of his salary in crypto over the last year and a half and that has not uh, worked out great I would imagine for him. So this is it is either he is going to play or he is going to move on or the Packers are going to move on from him. I don't think retirement is really a realistic option for him at this point. But to your point, I think that we should be asking ourselves if Aaron Rodgers is going to want to stick around on this team, given the current trajectory. And if the Packers think that it is in their best interest to continue the way that this is going. This that that's a really tough question. Do you do you look at this and say, you know what, eh, Joe Barry has been a dismal failure. There's actually talent on this defense. We just need to bolster a few positions, get them uh, another maybe a veteran wide receiver, and, and then again in the draft, and then you run it back. And you're going to do it with a couple of different guys. We understand that, uh, but you're going to run it back with Aaron Rodgers and take another stab at this. Do you do that, or do you say, you know what? We just we're done waiting. It just this year was supposed to be the year, and it has been a dismal failure for so many reasons. It's just time to blow it up. I hate to do that when you've still got a couple of years of a Hall of Fame quarterback in your back pocket. But what what is in the best interest of the Green Bay Packers right now in the here and the now? I don't think we can answer that question unless and until we see Jordan Love play. I mean, I think we need to see him get a couple games in here. I, mean, I think the, the perfect opportunity for that question to get answered is for the team to, you know, I think they should keep trying to make the playoffs. I, I think certainly you, you go until you can't go. But 
you, you know that this is probably not the season, right? That you're going to compete for a Super Bowl title. So if you can get two, three Jordan Love games, that gives you a better chance to evaluate his growth. Brian Gutekin said last year that he is he is basically evolved and grown as much as he can given practice reps and preseason reps that they need to see him on the field. And remember, it was a 2007 game against the Cowboys in the regular season that solidified Aaron Rodgers as the future of the team. They'd seen it in practice, and then he put it together in games. It's easy to forget now how dismal Aaron Rodgers looked in actual regular season game action before that game. I think that was the punctuation. That was the the exclamation point on what they had started to see in practice um, and and the abilities that he had there. I think they need to they need to figure out what Jordan Love is because I don't think you can go into full fledged rebuild mode. There's too much money on the books. There's too many quality players on this team to even think about attempting that. I don't think it makes sense for them to do that. Then it becomes okay. What can you get for Aaron Rodgers? What does Aaron Rodgers want to do? And I, I don't think you can say okay, it's time for a trade. Short of either getting back, if you like, you if you really like Derek Carr, let's say, and you could get Derek Carr in a trade for Aaron Rodgers with a pick or two and a, a player. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what, what could you, what could the New York Jets be willing to offer in a trade to to send you know Matt Lafleur's quarterback to to play for Mike Lafleur in an offense that he would know and, and a team ready to compete right this second? Um, I think all of those are, hinge on what you're looking at with Jordan Love. And can you make that move and say, okay, Jordan Love is the guy in 2023 and 2024, and then you figure it out from there. The the, the blow-up, I don't think, is a viable option here. And so that makes this all really interesting. If Aaron Rodgers wants to come back and the Packers say, we don't think that's the best idea, then, I mean, Bill, this could get contentious. It could get ugly, um, which is great for, for you and me, but but really bad for the Packers. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to go back to something you said uh, about Brian Gutekunst and what he has to do. Let me ask you this. Uh, I went through this the other day. From 2017, 18, and 19, they've got a total of five players left on this roster. One of them is the last draft of Ted Thompson. The first two are from, uh, obviously, Brian Gutekunst. And then there's the question mark that is Jordan Love. If Jordan Love turns out to be somewhat of a failure, that means you've got A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, and John Runyon, basically, that have been solid contributors or at least contributors out of that draft, and you can't even really consider DeGuara that, which means in four years you will have a total of maybe seven or eight guys that actually contribute to the team, and beyond that you don't have anybody. That is an unbelievable indictment of uh, a general manager that has missed on talent. Give me your thoughts on Brian Gutekunst as a talent evaluator and a drafter. Yeah, I think they're. I think you're looking at a situation where this draft is going to be really important for him because you you can say, okay, Jair Alexander, he got that, and that's a really important piece, and and he's a really good player, and they signed him and gave him all that money, and if you had a defensive coordinator that was willing to let Jair be Jair, then maybe you'd really be, you'd really have something, um, but then you you get the extra first that you used on Don R. Savage that looked like a really good pick at the time. It no longer looks like a really good pick. And so then you went through it. I mean, the, the, I think the 2020 draft, if Jordan Love is good, then you sort of don't worry about it. Um, but Amari Rogers, um, Josh Myers, when it could have been Creed Humphrey, um, you know, Jay Sternberger, when it could have been Terry McLaurin, there, there mm-hmm. were, there were some, some real things that make you go, Oh, this is, this is not great. That, all that being said, let's not forget 
the first year that he gets an opportunity to spend money because of the cap. He goes out and gets the Darius Smith. He goes out and right. gets Preston Smith and Adrian Amos and Billy Turner. And that, I think, fundamentally alters the way that this team looks. He got Devondre Campbell. He got Russell Douglas. So I, th- I think that part of it has to be taken in here, too. But that's why this draft is so important. This, this 2022 draft, Quay Walker starting to develop. We've started to see the hints at Christian Watson's incredible game-breaking ability if he can be consistent. All of a sudden, this draft, Zach Tom looks like he could be a future starter. Romeo Dobbs, this draft could be the draft where you just go, okay, this alone earns him a couple more years to figure this all out. But I was, I was saying this on my show today, Bill. Um, do, does this team approach things differently without Aaron Rodgers, without a, a quarterback making $50 million? Could they do the Howie Roseman in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts and, and that situation? How would that change? I think that tells you a lot about an organization's quality. If they can build on, rebuild on the fly with a new quarterback on a rookie deal, I, I think that, that tells you about the quality of a team and, and the approach they really want to take. I think Aaron Rodgers, in a lot of ways, has tied their hands on what they can really do with this team. And I, I'd sort of love to see them get a chance to remake this team fully in their own image. The same way you know, a college coach gets three or four years to get their players into the system after they come to a new program. they got to get their guys in and then we can judge them. I think in the in the post Aaron Rodgers era, we'd have to give this this group, you know, two maybe three years to sort of try and remake this on the fly to figure that part of it out. The uh, you've got uh, Matt Lafleur at times depends on who you talk to. Some people say he looks like a kid that doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Others say they believe he's lost the team. Others say that he is protecting his players and doing a great job. And there's a a great relationship behind closed doors. I don't know necessarily what to believe. I know perception becomes reality in a lot of people's minds, and right now the optics just aren't good. Give me your thoughts on Matt Lafleur. Oh, I think no, no. My perception of no person within the Packers organization has changed more in the 2022 season than Matt Lafleur. I thought Matt Lafleur was, um, the, you know, not the second coming of Vince Lombardi to be sure, but I thought he was going to be a Mike Holmgren like figure in Green Bay where he shepherds in a new era of just year after year um, this team is a Super Bowl contender I thought the the early changes that he made culturally were were really important to getting this team back to playing good football to to detoxifying um, a a culture that had really turned sour no matter what you want to hear from publicly from some of these players behind closed doors that was an ugly situation we we kind of heard um, you remember, go back to 2019, you hear the, that that team talk about Aaron Rodgers, Brian Bulaga, David Bakhtiari, about how much fun they were having playing football again. That is that is because of Matt LaFleur. And then there's there's so much beautiful design in this offense, so much wonderful scheme and game planning that goes into this offense when Matt LaFleur is allowed to be Matt LaFleur. But at a certain point, you know, for, for all the criticisms that I've offered of some of the, the ways that this offense has changed and Aaron Rodgers wants it to look like one way and Matt LaFleur wants it to look another you're the head coach. You are ultimately the captain of the ship, which means you have to set the tone. And at a certain point, you have to grab the bull by the horns. And I don't just mean the bull as in Aaron Rodgers, but as in the whole team and say, this is how this is going to go. I am the head coach. And this is how things are going to run now because it is in the best interest of the organization to do it. He hasn't done that. Now, in the last couple of weeks, the offense has looked a little bit more like 
a Matt LaFleur offense. I do think he has done that to a point. But the fact that this team is still making mistakes defensively, um, big, big mental errors um, is is partially an indictment of Matt LaFleur, who hired Joe Barry, I think, in a panic to get this right. I think there are just a lot of things that I did not expect to be problems that are problems this year that reflect pretty poorly on Matt LaFleur. Good stuff as always, Peter. I appreciate it. I know you got to run, but thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes, okay? Of course, Bill. Anytime. Thanks, pal. There you go. Peter Bukowski uh, of the Lockdown Packers podcast at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can find his stuff. There always has good stuff. Good insight. It's, uh, man, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's kind of a tough scenario right now in Green Bay because there's so much to wrap your arms around. We'll discuss it when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, by all means, do so. Hey, by the way, they continue to win. That's the Milwaukee Admirals. Won again yesterday. If you want to go to one of the games, you want to go to all of the games, you want to have an event there, a group outing, whatever it happens to be, get hold of our friends at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Again, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Give them a shout. Give them a shout. Good stuff. Got a lot of good fun right now going on down at the uh, UW Panther Arena. Big time. Uh, eight, by the way, Devondre Campbell not practicing today again. Matt LaFleur said he's been out since heading to the uh, heading to the locker room late in the first half against the Bills uh, with a knee injury. So uh, Devondre Campbell still not back on the practice field. And in, in addition to that, you've got uh, um, you've also got more from Indomitian Sue. And he spoke out and said that uh Quote, I dislike the Packers very much so. I have all the desire to get after that quarterback and create havoc against their offense. And Dominican Sue saying, nope, don't like the Packers at all. Not a fan. Not that I'm overwhelmingly scared of the Dominican Sue factor, but he has had a propensity to be dirty in the past. So there you go. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Got our picks coming up here at the bottom of the hour. So stay tuned for that. Picks against the spread. Ben, where are we at right now, by the way, in the picks against the spread? We both had a tough week last week. We both went 0-2-1. You had, you had the Bills minus 8, and they were up by 15, and the Browns scored a touchdown, so that became a push. So tough beat there. You are 16-16-1, and uh, the epitome of average. I'm 13, 18, and 1. So two and a half games back. Okay. So I'm, I'm hanging in there. But it's not uh, But it's not great. If we were, uh, I'd, I'd have a little bit of money left, I guess, is the best way to put it is what you're saying. Right? Yeah. And, and, and I suck. So I'm not really <laughs> uh, making up much ground here. Right. Okay. Story of my life. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, feel free to do so. Um, this is from uh, Brett who says, uh, so we're going to see another stomp maybe, the Sioux stomp. 
Could be. And Dominican Sue has uh, had a propensity to lose his, his mind at times. And we've seen it. He's been suspended for it. I can't imagine just getting picked up by Philadelphia that all of a sudden he's going to just lose his mind. But, but we shall see. He's playing pretty well, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, well, he, you know, when you got fresh legs, you stay in shape. It does, and you've been in the league for so many years. It doesn't take you long to come back. I mean, you know, once you get a little bit of the muscle muscle memory going, it doesn't take you long to come back. It's not like you forget how to play. But he's got fresh legs. Same with him and Linval Joseph. Same thing. They got fresh legs. So anybody that's been out for an extended period of time, you know, you don't have the wear and tear on the body right now. You're not waking up with the aches and pains. So you come back, you feel relatively fresh. This is like the first couple of games of uh, training camp for you. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Uh, this is uh, this is from Daniel. Daniel says, uh, I believe the Packers are going to lose. And after that, there's decisions to be made. Do you sit Aaron Rodgers with the bad thumb? And do you allow him to go into Chicago and try to beat the Bears and, quote, own them again? We talked about that. That if... Let's say the Packers. Let's say the Packers win this game. Then obviously you're still mathematically alive, and that's a no-brainer because you're going into Chicago, and uh, you've you're pretty much. I don't want to say you should have a win because the Packers have should had a win numerous times throughout the season. But I think you you obviously would have Aaron Rodgers play, unless of course he hits the thumb, and then it's it's you know pretty much banged up. However, I think that um, if the Packers get beat. Wouldn't it be – it would be understandable to start – to sit Aaron Rodgers and start Jordan Love against the Bears. It would be understandable because of just the impact of the thumb injury and you want to get it healed up and you want to make sure there's no more problems moving down the road. But would it not look like you don't want Rodgers to lose to the Bears? I I think perception – not that, you know, the Packers give a damn about what the Bears fans feel. I think perception would be you don't want Rodgers to start and then have the Bears fans be screaming, we own you, we own you, we own you. You, you want to – because that that's going to be the topic. I mean, Bears fans are salivating for this game. They believe Justin Fields is the real deal. They believe they've got an offense that can score some points. They believe that they've got a defense that has the capability, at least, to keep the P- Green Bay Packers under 24 points a game. So, therefore, they should – they feel like they should win this game. But – what would you do if you're the Packers, you know? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. I don't think I'd be I, – I think you play Aaron Rodgers until he feels that, you know, hey, I, I'm good with taking some time off and letting the thumb heal and letting Jordan Love get the snaps. But also remember, statistically speaking, this has been a bad year, and you don't want this year to damage your record and your your stats that bad. Then again, do you keep playing and allow your stats to tank along the way? I, it's going to be a, it's it, it's it's going to be an interesting call. It's all going to depend too on what happens on Sunday. So I think it's a moot point until actually after Sunday night. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, this is from Jason who says, uh, "Hey guys." Uh, the one thing we're not looking at is, did they overestimate the talent on the defensive front? They're losing in the trenches. The only guy worthwhile is Kenny Clark. Everybody else is getting beat up. Uh, at least that's what I see. Jason, um, we have talked about that time and again. Uh, Kenny Clark is solid. Right now, he's getting double teamed. Jerron Reed, he's had his moments. He hasn't played terrible, but he hasn't played great. He hasn't been somebody that's been this you know, undeniable force. 
Dean Lowry, he's a blue-collar, work ethic guy. He's always going to give you his all, but I just don't think there's enough there to be there, you know? Uh, you were really hoping that T.J. Slayton was going to emerge this year. That big body, 320-plus pounds, that like he was just going to be a, a grinder. Now, I don't expect him to have these quick feet and be jumping into the backfield and, and uh, you know, creating pressure on quarterbacks on a consistent basis, but you really thought that he'd give you a little bit more against, specifically against the run, and it hasn't happened on a consistent basis. And then Devontae Wyatt's just, just now starting to get, you know, a little bit of playing time. But I think you're better against the run when you got a linebacker and linebackers that are capable. And Devontae Campbell being out, Quay Walker, obviously, he uh, when he once he got the helmet on and he was the signal caller, he played better. He's got to learn to be able to shed the block of an offensive lineman. And without Devondre Campbell, without Rashawn Gary, it's basically been double-team Kenny Clark, everybody else get their one on, and, and just open up holes and be able to run the football. And Quay Walker had been better at it, but not great. And I think it's it, you're, what you're looking for is that jump from year one to year two for that to really take effect. Same thing with Devontae Wyatt. Same thing with him. You're just, you're just hoping you get that first year under your belt and you get a couple of moves, you figure out a couple of things, you get that offseason to just rest and relax a little bit and then come back strong, work on the body, and then, yeah, then then you're, you, you should be okay. But also scheme has a lot to do with that, of what they're doing, how they're utilizing the middle linebackers, how they're using, utilizing the pass rush on the outside. Are you playing two? Are you playing three down linemen? You know, or are you a nickel and dime all the time and you're not really giving your guys up front the ability to, to be able not to be double teamed on a consistent basis? Are you able to run the linebackers at them every now and then and bring it from different areas? You know, it, I that's a great question. But I, I think I agree with you. I've always been a big believer of everything starts in the trenches. Everything starts in the trenches. So... um. Bill, not uh, not nearly enough yeah, hatreds towards the city of Philadelphia this week. I don't. You know what? I don't think you have hatred when you're not on top. Because right now you can't say anything bad about anybody, right? You don't. It's like celebrating a sack uh, in a game. You're getting beat forty-two to seven. That's fair. You don't. You don't get up and dance. At least you know. At least some do. People don't. <laughs> some do, but at least normal people don't. You know. You know, you may get up and flex a little and go, ah, got him. You know, especially if you won the one-on-one. Maybe you're flexing up a little bit on that. But there was there were times when I would go nuts. Packard would be getting beat. Either you're getting just drilled or you're beating the hell out of somebody where celebrations are meaningless at that point, and it would be a sack on a quarterback or a big hit for a loss, and you're down the field, you're doing a dance, you're doing a whole thing, and I'm thinking, just go back to the huddle because you're just taking it. You're just getting whooped up. Don't. Don't even do it. Don't flex up if you score a touchdown. Which always kills me when you see it in college a lot where the, the game gets lopsided and you're down 24 points, four minutes to go in a game. You're not coming back to win the game. And you got a guy that scores. Now, unless that's your very first touchdown ever, then you, you'll see guys flexing up and the whole thing. I'm like, just stop. You just, just stop. Go back. Just drop the ball. Give it to the ref. Go back to the huddle. Just stop. Don't do the look at me thing because you're getting the hell beat out of you and you look foolish. It's like if you're winning or it's a big game, big moment, absolutely, man. Celebrate your ass off. But when you're getting killed, just don't do it. Don't do it. You know, 
That's like a boxer in a 15-round match. You get the hell beat out of you. You get one punch in. The guy kind of backs up a little bit. And all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, because the very next, next punch is going to knock you out. Don't do it. Maybe what the Packers need is for a Lincoln Financial Field employee to throw a ladder in front of Aaron Rodgers pregame. If he pushes it over, Packers probably win by 30. If he doesn't, it means the thumb's broken. Right. Maybe that's yep. all we need to really see where this team is at. Start putting yep. ladders. Work for Giannis. There you go. Let's do this. Throw a ladder out there. Maybe that. Maybe they'll run up and down it. Maybe they'll actually be able to come off of it and pick a ball off in here or something. Who knows? Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to get back into uh, our picks. And uh, Ben will give you the lowdown when we come back. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Hey, if you got them, you don't want them. You know what I'm talking about. Bed bugs and the flying things. Uh, I actually uh, had a friend of mine call me, I guess it was Monday, and talk to me about, hey, where's that? what's that company you use for the, for the stink bugs? He's got them in his house. And not a lot. He just saw one or two, and God knows when you suck those things up in a vacuum, man. Boy, ooh, your whole house reeks, just reeks. So he wanted a number. So I said, hey, call Michael and the gang over at Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros because they can get the job done, whether it's uh, stink bugs, bed bugs, ants, whatever it happens to be. Call them, 414-877-5811. Now, they're not coming to get uh, a raccoon out of your attic, okay, or bats. Not doing that. But to the bed bugs, the stink bugs, especially if you have uh, townhomes, multi-use apartment buildings, condos, dorm rooms, hotels, motels, resorts, medical facilities, daycare, stuff like that. Call them 414-877-5811. And if you got kids, no problem. Pets, no problem. They have different options for everybody, different options options for budgets. But again, call Michael over there, 414-877-5811, 414-877-5811. And you can also do preventative maintenance as well. And they can set you up on a plan there. But 414-877-5811 or go to Milwaukee bedbugpros.com that's milwaukeebedbugpros.com there you go um what else do we have for you before we get into our uh um before we get into our picks uh the uh, charges have been filed by the way against the seven Michigan State football players for their involvement in that melee uh with the Michigan players on October 29th um Kari Crump being charged with felonious assault Jacoby Winden Assault and battery, five others with aggravated assault. Remember after the game, these guys got into it with uh, one of the the Michigan players, and not only did they start wailing on this guy, but they were beating him with a helmet before finally some of the coaches intervened and, and got everybody separated. But these guys got this guy alone in the tunnel and uh, went after him big time. So uh, charges have been filed. These guys are going in for felonious assault. That's felonious. That's a felony, man. That goes on your record the rest of your life. Kerry Crump, Jacoby Winden, assault and battery, five others with aggravated assault. That just, it's like, what are you thinking, man? But uh, they are going to press charges now. So there you go. Uh, ben, it's time to get into our picks, man. Let's do this. You want to lead it off? or I, uh, I'll i give the update again. Uh, as okay. I mentioned last segment, you have a two-and-a-half game lead 
a uh, mediocre 16, 16, and 1. I'm 13, 18, and 2. So bet the opposite and you'll win. Yeah, I was uh, I was doing really well. And the teams that I picked won. It's just they didn't cover the spread, which ultimately still gets you money. But uh, so in the wins and loss column, I'm doing okay. But in the money column, uh, even at best. So uh, this week, we've got our picks. And uh, we're going to start with, with, so let me do this. Dallas at home tomorrow. Dallas is a nine and a half point favorite. Mike McCarthy has lost three straight on Thanksgiving. Uh, I am going to take the Giants to cover. They're not going to win, but I think the Giants are going to cover. I want to take uh, the Giants in the nine and a half to uh, to play right there. But uh, the Giants, with one of their victories, so to speak, betting-wise, coming up tomorrow. So there you have it. Ben, what do you got? Good pick. I uh, So the Ravens are in Jacksonville early on Sunday. A really sleepy spot in a sleepy game. And you expect chaos when the Jaguars play. But... Same with the way we talk about the Vikings having a negative point differential and being mm-hmm. eight and two. The Jaguars are three and seven with a positive point differential. Like they're losing close and winning big, which would tell me that some sort of positive regression is coming. And they're catching four at home. So I'm going to take them to lose by maybe a field goal. Justin Tucker field goal late. Like they'll find a way to lose the game, I think. But I think they'll keep it close. So Jaguars right. plus four. Jaguars plus four. There you go. Okay. Uh, One of the other games uh, that I'm going to delve into, and that is going to be the Buccaneers on the road taking on the Browns. Buccaneers giving up three and a half right now. The over and under is 43. Uh, The Browns, they're just waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back to do something, anything. They're kind of looking over their shoulder at this point. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers coming off of a bye. I'm looking at the Buccaneers to do some good things. I'm going to take Tom Brady and company. Uh, to win by four or more in the mistake by the lake, that is Cleveland. Terrible, terrible, terrible front in Cleveland. They get ran mm-hmm. on at will, and then everything yeah. else looks bad. And um, they finally, uh, it looks like Tampa Bay's finally got a run game. Oh, yeah, Rashad White, rookie, Arizona State, crushing it. Yeah. Uh, probably going to take over for Fournette. The Falcons are visiting the commies. Again, noon Sunday, sleepy stadium, sleepy spot, not much of a home field advantage. I, I, I'm buying in on the Falcons. They are uh, so many things about the team I don't like, but they find ways to win. Cordero Patterson is returning kicks. He's running the ball. Mariota's like very average, but they're just finding ways to win games, weirdly. And the commanders have been hot, uh, and, and they are a good team at this point. They're six and five, but they're four and a half point favorites at home. So I think the Falcons can also keep that game close. They're, they're very good at just being competitive this year whether it's a win or a loss. So I'll take them plus four and a half. Uh, my next one uh, right here in our own backyard. Uh, the Packers on the road taking on Philadelphia and the Eagles. And the Eagles averaging 26.3 points per game. Packers averaging 18.4 points per game. So you would tell, you would normally say, okay, the seven-point spread pretty much on the money at this point for the way the two teams average. However, I'm going to take the Packers. And here's oh. the reason why. Uh, Here's the reason why. Even though they have bolstered the uh, defensive front in Philadelphia to stop the run, this is it. And and I know I've said that before, but this is it for Green Bay. Uh, You get a little bit of a mini-buy. You get some time to rest and relax. But 
I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to look as poor as he did in the fourth quarter, as poor as he did against Detroit. Uh, a little bit of rest for the thumb. I expect him to come back and play pretty well. Uh, now that they've got a little bit of a downfield passing game with Christian Watson, uh, I am going to take the Packers to cover. Uh, but that is going to require the Packers defense to actually make some plays, which I believe they can. But uh, I'm going to say it's probably going to be something like 20, 24, 20, 24, 18, something like that. So the Packers cover the seven, but ultimately lose the game. However, it would not shock me if they won because it seems like uh, when they have to gear up in this, the spotlight shines brightly, then this team can uh, seem to come through. But I just don't know on the road. But I want to take the Packers to cover the spread but not win the game. I think the Packers have a real chance to win. I, I'm with you. The, the Birds are a different team without Dallas Goddard, the tight end, and he's still out, mm-hmm. out for four weeks. So do I trust Joe Barry's defense to have a great game plan and do everything right? No, but I think they could keep him in the game, and then it's a question of what Rodgers looks like. You know, if we get Dallas Rodgers, then I think it's a legit contest. If we get second-half Titans Rodgers, then it's a different story and it won't be pretty. Right. But I, I like that pick. Seven. Too many points. The Eagles haven't been playing well. Um, my last one, uh, Thanksgiving game. I'll hit it quick. The The Patriots are in Minnesota, and I'm not a buyer into the Vikings in the NFC picture. I don't think they'll win the conference, yet they're only two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against New England. They just got demolished last week. It feels like a bounce-back spot for them to mm-hmm. win by at least a field goal, so I'll take that. There you go. That's it. That's our picks against the spread. With the spread, whatever it happens to be, but nevertheless, that is our picks, and maybe I uh, I climb back into the positive range rather than sitting right at 500, and who knows? Maybe Ben goes three for three, and he climbs right back into it, too. So, Uh-oh. Good Are st- you going to uh, come on Monday if the Packers lose by six and say, oh, but they covered. It's a win. You know? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, in, in my, I mean, in my own personal, you know, once we get to the picks next week, then I'll say, hey, I, you know, didn't think the Packers would win, but at least they covered the spread. But no, I, it's, it, here's the thing. Whenever I look at a game, I look at it as how, if you won or lost, how did you do it? Did you barely get by and did the other team give you the game or did you win the game? And the second thing is, is if you lost, did you lose going down swinging or did you just take an ass beating? And, and you're, you're, you know, it's kind of like uh, I use it all, the analogy all the time. It's kind of like when the Supreme Court said, we can't define pornography, but we know it when we see it. You'll know it when you see it. When you see the Packers play on Sunday, you'll know. Did they go down swinging or did they just lay down and just go quietly into that good night as we've seen pretty much this season? So, like I said, I can't unsee London. I can't unsee Detroit. I can't unsee Washington. Because they were just pitiful games, just pitifully poor, bad games. And so many mistakes and finger pointing and, you know, Matt LaFleur trying to compensate and and cover and cry and everything at the podium. And it's just, you know, it seems like things are just getting away from them. Do they go down swinging? Do they win the game? Or do, you know, do the Eagles give away the game? Or do the Packers just go out and really just beat up on Philadelphia and say, okay, we're not dead yet. So it'll depend on how what we see coming up on Sunday night, which, by the way, Sunday night, don't forget, it's a Green and Gold postgame show. Green and Gold postgame show coming up Sunday night. We are going to be back at it immediately following Philadelphia and Green Bay. So make sure you tune to many of these same stations right here. The Green and Gold postgame show live right after the contest. We go on the air on many of the same stations and on the app, The Zone, W-O-Z-N, The Zone Madison. Uh, also our friends uh, on the uh, on YouTube, on Twitch TV, 
uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. You can find us there as well. And for those listening on the Bud Light live stream, uh, just got the audio fixed back. The plug came out, so my apologies there as well. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready for Sunday night football in Philadelphia. Green Bay is 1-6 since Aaron Rodgers injured his right thumb in the game against the Giants Week 5. Now, yesterday in the Pat McAfee Show, Rodgers was asked why his throws were off last Thursday night against the Titans. You know, the expectation of a perfect spiral is kind of you know, what I've been known for and what I expect. And if, if there's anything less than that, then you know, obviously there was something... Uh, that uh, that contributed to that. I, you know, my thumb is, is what it is. You know, it's been it's been an issue since the Giants, but not an issue that I'm going to rely on for an excuse or need. I mean, after the Cowboys game, I put basically every ball exactly where I wanted to, and there wasn't any questions about how my thumb was. I miss, you know, missed two throws. I probably hit. You know, 99 out of 100, and, and people are wondering what's going on. Rodgers, 24 of 39 against Tennessee. Alan Lazard only caught 5 of 11 targeted passes and was asked about the roller coaster of losing in Detroit, beating Dallas, then losing again at home. Um, I won't say too much of a roller coaster. It's just um, this feeling has obviously been a habitual feeling throughout the season and stuff. So um, revisiting it um, is just frustrating. Very mentally exhausting, physically it's exhausting going out there, putting our bodies on the line and not being able to get the success and the results that we want. The Eagles will be without their top tight end, Dallas Godert, who suffered a shoulder injury in their only loss of the season to Washington. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni yesterday asked about the preparation it takes to get to 9-1 and in the NFL. You know, I love that this is such a great part of this game is that you get to win lose, good play, bad play, you get to move on. It's like life, right? And so you get to move on and play the next play no matter what. And all you can control is that next play. That's Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Back to the program. Bill Michaels Show coming up. Good to have you. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, our friends over there at Buzzard Billy's in La Crosse reminding you that, uh, hey, if you're looking for cocktails after the holidays or during the holiday shopping, stop over. Stop over. they got the Starlight Lounge upstairs, Buzzer Billy's downstairs. Go in and get a beer, take a load off, get a good meal, or head upstairs. Get yourself a, a martini, cocktail, whatever it happens to be. That is in La Crosse. If you're out doing some shopping and shop local, downtown, beautiful downtown out there. Love it out there all the time. 877-867-1670. Find us. This one's from Mark. Mark says, uh, hey, unit, uh, I think the Packers are going to win on Sunday night. I'm feeling kind of confident. I don't know why. I'm just feeling it. Ben, that's what we were kind of saying, right? Just kind of feeling it. Yeah, I both of us for different reasons. I I feel terrible about the game, but that's from the Eagles winning it, which tells you good okay. things about the Packers. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. No, and, and part of it is there just hasn't been nearly enough like direct hatred of Philadelphia this week. And if there had been, I would feel a little better. You know? Hmm. That doesn't um, make much sense. That's just how my brain works. I. I, I don't really have a big feeling about this game. I my, my whole sense is that the Packers' backs are against the wall. They've played good against the Cowboys and came out and did the unthinkable, and they can do it again. 
But then I keep saying to myself, much like going into the Tennessee game, you can't unsee London, you can't unsee Washington, you can't unsee Detroit, that they have just played poorly when they've really needed to play well. And they haven't been able to kind of step up to the challenge but more than a couple of times this season. So I don't know why. Um, I don't know why I would think that would change. I just I don't I don't know why. So I I picked the Packers to cover the spread, but I just don't think the Packers have have it in them to to bounce back and and, and get a win. Now the only way they do win, I think, is if the thumb feels better after the mini buy. Rodgers is really feeling it. Um, the connection between him and Christian Watson continues to grow. You know, you've obviously Randall Cobb being back. He adds another dynamic to the offense. Uh, but you're going to have to be able to run the ball. You're going to have to do it against an uh, you know an upgraded defensive front in Philadelphia with Indominus Sue and company, and with fresh legs. And you're going to have to really involve guys like Robert Tanyan a little bit more, Alan Lazard a little bit more. Um, you're going to need those guys. And you still don't have Romeo Dobbs back, so it's not like all of a sudden he's going to get into the mix. Samari Torrey has been somewhat non-existent. He's shown a couple of flashes, but you know you have really got uh, a big task at hand. The offensive line, now that you're going to have your offensive line together yet again, so I don't expect a ton of pressure on Rodgers, but they got to be more consistent in moving the football. And then the defense, poof. You know, no Devondre Campbell. Uh, he's not back at practice, by the way. Uh, you're going to need you're going to need better. I don't even know how to put it. I don't know whether it's, you know, getting off the field on third down, not extending drive, short down and distance on second down and third down. It just, it, it's just been a culmination of crap. And this whole thing about not being able to, you know, know right place, right time, and somebody's always screwing up. It's At some point, coaches have to go to the mirror and go, you know what, it's us. You know, if, if Brian Gudekins handed us a bunch of guys that are too stupid to open a box of cereal, they shouldn't be out there on the field trying to figure out defenses at that point and what the, what the route trees are. But it seemed like last year the majority of these guys were good and you didn't have Jair in the field. Now you got Jair in the field and guys don't know what the hell they're doing. It, it just, I, I don't know, it just, it's, it's too much crap. So I think the Packers could win. I think they have the talent to win, but I don't think they will win. And that's the unfortunate side of things. Uh, coming up here after the top of the hour, we're going to get back at it with uh, Matt LaFleur. He uh, goes to the podium today, so you can hear what he had to say. Stay in, stick, stick around for that. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, feel free to go ahead and do so. Give us a shout. We're going to hear what he has to say and then kind of go from there. We'll see what he has to say and then kind of go from there. And uh, and then we'll uh, we'll check in after his press conference is done and kind of get some, uh, some sense of to what he said. Uh, this is real quick. This is from Jason who said, uh, I know the Milwaukee Brewers got rid of Hunter Renfro. Maybe they take that money and add a couple of more bats. They need bats in the lineup. They need more consistent bats in the lineup. But if they get a couple of arms that pan out, then this works out to be a really good deal for a guy that they weren't going to invest in anyway. Uh, I understand it's more about the money than it is about anything else, but for a small market to be able to become successful, you have to find young players making very little money that all have success at the same time. Maybe the Brewers can restart this rebuild. See, that people keep using the word rebuild. You know? It, 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 boy, the, the term rebuild. I don't... Do you agree with the rebuild? I, I If that's what it is... Then you need to have Matt Arnold and, and Mark Atanasio and the cake and the guys sit down and say, "This is what it is. We're going through a rebuild. We're going to start this process again." Um, 
while we don't expect to lose a bunch of games, we're going to try out a few new things before we start to fortify the roster all over again. And at least make it known. Because the last time you did that, the fans bought in. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. You got Matt LaFleur coming up next. Another hour of the Bill Michael Show coming at you. And it's right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.